Hello, dear friends. We are celebrating the 30th anniversary of Stand to Reason. And to celebrate, we're going to spend some time with some very special people, some friends and colleagues of Stand to Reason. Without further ado, we're going to bring on... By the way, who are you? I am Tim Barnett. <laughs> oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> they, uh, they know who I am. They want to know who you are. <laughs> I'm Tim Barnett, and we're spending some time with some, with some friends and colleagues of Stand to Reason. And uh, first up, we have Frank Beckwith. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And uh, and we threw some questions out there um, for some of our friends to to answer. And we thought it might be fun to share maybe a, a, some stories. So, Frank, do you have any stories of uh, Greg or Stan to Reason that you want to share with us? Be careful, Frank. Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have stories, too. OK. I, yeah. I mean, you and well, I go back uh, even before Stan to Reason. I can't remember the first time we met. Do you? That's I, I remember it was 1992. I was speaking for in those days, it was Simon Greenleaf University. Oh, yeah. Craig mm. Hazen had invited. They used to have. I think uh, every four or five months or so, they'd have several weeks in a row of somebody coming in and giving a lecture right, right, on some right, apologetic right. issue. And so in those days, I was teaching at the University of Nevada, Las yeah, Vegas, UNLV. drove in, and you were in the audience, and oh. you had approached me. Uh, Melinda was there, yeah. and you were telling us, my wife and I, Frankie, about the standard reason huh. and you know, the, you, you know your sort of vision of what you wanted to do. And by the way, congratulations uh, well, for 30 years. Thank you. And you must have been 12 when you started. <laughs> <laughs> so the story, I cut yeah. you off there. Yeah. So I, re so I don't know if you remember, Greg, in, in the right around 1993, my book, Politically Correct Death, came out, mm -hmm. which was the, one of several books that I would eventually publish on the sanctity of life and right. I still have issues it. concerning abortion. And uh the late Gretchen Passantino invited uh, – she had this idea that we can do a kind of mock debate on the issue of abortion, and she would represent the pro-choice side, and I would represent the pro-life side. And I, one of the things that I did in my opening comments and throughout the debate was to kind of uh, knock down some of the popular arguments for abortion rights, mm -hmm. ones that appeal to sentiment and pity that sort of avoid the whole question of whether the unborn is, a, is truly a human person. And so afterwards, after, you know, after the debate's done and after I've gone through all these arguments and cashing them out, you come up to me and you say, uh, I think I can succinctly put everything you said into this one conditional. And it was, it, you said, if the unborn is not a human person, no justification for abortion is necessary. And if the unborn is a human person, no justification is adequate. And I thought, they're like 40 pages, like in one little whip. Wow. And I thought, and I thought that was really, you know, that showed me something about your talent mm. and, you know, that you, you know, you could sort of distill what I was trying to say. I was mm. trying to say that, look, you guys, if you don't believe that the unborn is a person, then make that argument. But everything else is just a distraction. Mm. It's mm -hmm. it's to and you were able to, you know, just say it in a very pithy mm. way. And I, I, I thought. 
you know, I, I, I thought I remember leaving there, tell, turning to my wife and saying, well, I guess those I, I wasted those pages. <laughs> you know? Well, you have that ability, too, Frank, and I've traded on that frequently. In fact, just recently I was talking about uh, the nature of truth. And, and, and I have this line in there when people say, what is truth? Well, my friend Frank Beckwith, when he was asked that question, he says, do you want the true answer or the false answer? Mm. <laughs> and that gets right to the point. So. Yeah. And don't you have an, a line yeah. about eating an ashtray? Isn't oh, yeah. Got... I don't know if you remember oh, that, Frank. Yeah. It has to do with same-sex marriage. And uh, the idea was, um, well, the, the aphorism was just because you can eat an ashtray doesn't me- make it food. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, the that, point, that's right. do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. And the point was yeah. just because you walk down the aisle and say, I do, doesn't mean it's a marriage. Mm. That's right. Yeah, the, the point of that, in fact, I remember it's actually in our book, uh, uh, Relativism. And there's a, I, it was a way to succinctly explain a kind of teleological view of the nature of, of human difference concerning sex. Uh-huh. But if I said it that way, you know, people would just get, you know, they, they well, it's just philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they wouldn't remember it. I, it's, I, the ashtray thing is easy. Even Tim remembered <laughs> yeah. it, you know, so, yeah, so it's and good. Some to of be the youngsters to... may not know it, may not know what an ashtray yeah, that's, is. That's right? true. So, I'm going to have to adapt that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is there, um, so it seems like, you know, one of the things that, that makes Sandy Reason unique is Greg's ability to distill something down to like kind of the nuts and bolts and make it memorable. Um, is there anything else that you would, that, that comes to mind um, that makes Sandy Reason unique? Yeah. You know, I, I I think in terms of the way in which you guys have not been corporatized, what I mean by that is that there's still a kind of mom and pop feel about it, Mm. which I think in this day and age where uh, everything gets reduced to analytics and data, not that I'm against analytics and and data collection, and obviously they're important, but I do think that the 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 personal touch mm-hmm. is present there and i and i i i listen to greg every once in a while i on we get uh the the broadcast on sundays here in waco texas at roughly 4 p.m and if i'm out and about i'll turn on the radio and one of the things that i i really like the way uh, like the way in which Greg responds, but I also see that in, in, in other folks in the ministry as well as a, a real carefulness in the way in which the uh, person that is challenging you uh, is approached. And I think that's, that's something you don't always see, especially today. I mean, the rancor that dominates our political life you know, it can be kind of oppressive and constraining. And so I do think that there is a hunger out there for, you know, for hearing, uh, you know, especially from a more traditional perspective, voices that aren't, you know, angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's an important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when I was uh, broadcasting KBRT for a number of years and you were living in Southern California. And uh, a lot of times you just show up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so we'd open the door and have you come in. You'd sit there in the studio, and we'd do the whole show together. You know, where you were riding shotgun with me. It was a lot of fun. We never knew what was going to happen. Of course, people would call in, and you and I would interact, and sometimes you had uh, additional things to add to what I say. Sometimes it was a question that you were best suited to respond to. Those were uh, those were fun, kind of fast and loose uh, shows. I think people really enjoyed them. And, of course, you have such a great sense of humor, Frank, and always coming up with these little quips. I have more of them by, uh, like, um, you're almost like a Yogi Berra kind of guy. Uh, I used to believe in reincarnation, but that was in a former life. Yeah. I mean, that's you, too. You know, that's actually it's your fault. I blame other people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, so I, 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 I said that so many times. My sister-in-law, about ten years ago for Christmas, bought me a T-shirt that actually has that on there. Oh, is that right? My, my name at the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Well, your sister is actually a comedian. I don't know if she still is, but she used to be a stage comedian, right? So it must must run in the family. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, li- my sister Elizabeth is a writer for the TV show The Goldbergs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh so no, she's I... still she's still very active. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. This uh, I. Did I just want you to know, Frank, that the relationship we've had over the years has been uh, so valuable to me. It's just been fun, just full-on fun. And, of course, the last 10 years, we haven't spent as much time together as we have earlier before that, the first couple, 22 decades of Stand to Reason. Uh, our lives have taken us a little bit different directions, mm-hmm. but uh, it's always fun, and you have really contributed to my own growth as a thoughtful Christian, and uh, I've already, always appreciated you in that regard. And you're yeah. at Baylor now, been at Baylor for a long time. Just want to give a hat, hat tip to that. Yes, it's my 20 years, and I just wow. just beginning my 21st. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, Thank we, you. we appreciate you spending this time with us. Now, it's good seeing your lovely yeah. face there, Frank. See you soon. Thank you, guys. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. Next up, we have the one and the only Frank Turek. Frank, thanks for joining us on this 30th anniversary uh, special. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't miss this, Tim. Uh, but 30th anniversary, you weren't even born then, were you? Uh, were you born when he started this you, thing? You know what? In 1993, I was 10 years old. Yeah, he was, was still in diapers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He was yeah, slow 10. development in that uh, okay. particular area. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, who would have thought that I'd be sitting next to Frank, I'm here. curious, uh, and I asked this of Frank Beckwith earlier, when did you and I first meet? Probably at the apologetics conference that SES put on, Uh uh, Mm. probably in the late 90s, because, and I remember you coming, let's see, what what are you now, 71, 2, what are you? 3. 73, so it was 23 years ago, because I remember you were saying, it's my birthday this week, and I'm 50. Wow. And you just said that your dad had passed away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was yeah. That 2000, right? 2011, 2001 is when my dad. I do remember. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's when we first so, met. That's right. Some at, at some point back there, and then there was an uh, apologetics conference we had where Dr. Geisler was sick, and I was the MC, and you were like the star. And so that, I had to get to know you then, which was really difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, sorry to upstage you there, Frank. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, really. Uh-huh. But anyway, we've been friends a long time, 16 yeah. years mm-hmm. with CIA alone. Oh, yeah. We just wow. had our 16th. Wow, that's cool. Well, we we got you on here because uh, we're doing a little 30th anniversary thing here. And uh, we have a question for you. What would you say yes. is the most important thing that you've learned from either this man or Stand to Reason in general? Well, actually, two things. Number one, Greg has really showed me 
how to find God's will for my life personally. <laughs> I, he has shown me how to, how to search the scriptures yeah. and find little hints <laughs> and put out fleeces. Hear the voice. Really, really hear the voice because wow. I never knew how to do that until Greg showed me. And the second thing he showed me was the absolute futility of asking questions during evangelism. <laughs> that you ought to just, just go right to the gospel Let and overpower people with the <laughs> yeah. truth. Yeah. Those are the two main things. Remember, and I am so grateful. This is the guy Greg from Jersey, for, remember? Well, you want yeah, a piece of this? Seriously. Right. Oh, That's man. right. <laughs> wow. Those, well, actually, as you all know, the opposite of those two things mm-hmm. are two of yeah. them. I, you know, I was never a person that ever said, God told me to do this or God told me, unless I was looking at the scriptures, right? Mm. Uh, and uh, so the, the, one of the beauties, I think, of Stand to Reason is that you guys put out very important content for people who are dealing with practical issues, but you do it in a succinct way. You don't have to read a whole book. Like, you know, there's a book on decision-making in the will of God by Gary Friesen, but it'll take you like three years to read. Mm-hmm. Or you can read Greg's three-part series as Does God Whisper? And you go, okay, yeah. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And and then all the tactic stuff, of course, and now the new book, Street Smarts. So those are the two big issues. And then other issues that come up, like uh, I know, Tim, you and Greg worked on the, uh, is it Hell Revisited? What do you guys call well, that? Hell Interrupted. That's right. Hell Interrupted. Hell Interrupted. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to revisit well, hell. That's, that's right. <laughs> one, one, time, one time's enough. Yeah. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> that's right. So, like, you know, that little three-part series is very helpful for people. You know, you get to the point quickly, you cover the objections, and then people can walk away with it and go, okay, I feel like I'm, I, I don't have every single question answered, yeah. but 90% of them are answered in those short three-part series. Yeah. Right? Let's get to the heart of the issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Now, I mean, Alan does the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we're you know, learning course, from the master here, right? And so, yeah, that, and plus, right. if, if we don't do it, we, we get in trouble. So it's like, <laughs> that's all right. true. So you write something like 2,500 words and, say, and Greg, Greg will turn it back and say, okay, make it 1,000 and then we'll start to talk. <laughs> and say the amount, same amount of stuff, yeah. but in fewer words. But yeah, that's well, I, I know this is probably a saying going around Standard Reason right now. It's called, it, it goes like this Jesus loves you and Greg has a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> yeah. Right? Isn't that? the way it goes that, it's it's on the wall out there somewhere <laughs> uh-huh. yeah that's, that's right. right that's good and uh frank i mean you've known greg a long time is there anything uh is there do you have a story about greg that you want to share well let me just oh. say this because it's not often said greg greg kokel's the same person off the air as he is on the air mm-hmm. Cranky. No, he's he's somebody that, you know, practices what he preaches. So that's the beauty of it. You know, it's you're not seeing a different person on the air that, you know, when you're off the air with him, he's he's the same guy. He's going to ask questions. He's going to try and figure out where you're coming from. He's going to try and and uh, do a little gardening with people who are not Christians, or he's going to do a little bit of discipleship with people that are. And those are our two roles, right? Or gardening gonna... with people with bad theology, you know, like yes. some of the mm-hmm. people that I run with on occasion. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Is there somebody else here? <laughs> no, we. I mean, yeah, we yeah. bounce ideas off one another. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it, it is important to, in this age of people who might not be who they present they are, or you'll find some time later mm-hmm. they've so-called left the faith or so-called deconstructed. I know you and yeah. you and Elisa have a book coming out on that soon. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to be Greg Kokel. Yeah. 
Yeah. I uh, hope this ages well, by the way. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, yeah, what you see is what you get. And, yeah, uh, uh-huh. there's, you know, uh, in, in the last show we did together, we talked about the ambassador model and mm-hmm. Greg lives out knowledge, wisdom, and character. Mm-hmm. And I know we're making him blush here. He doesn't like this kind of thing. <laughs> we almost need him to leave while we talk about him. Well, it's you good know. if you do that because he needs a little bit more color. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's make them blush. That's good. That's right. I, I know. I'll tell you one thing, though, working with you, Frank, uh, over the last 16 years, uh, just with your incredible project, mm-hmm. uh, Cross-Examine Instructor Academy, it has actually helped me hone my own capabilities as a communicator. And it was when we started, it was so odd because I had been doing public speaking, uh, you know, probably 30 years before that whole thing started, mm. and uh, significant public speaking on the issues that we deal with. Uh, but it was working with you and part of our training is helping others with public speaking that I began to think much more in terms of honing my own craft, being more careful to hone my own craft as a communicator, to be able to communicate better to your people, and then to teach them to communicate better to others as well. So that was a big turning point for me in my relationship with you and the work we were doing together at CIA. You know, I learn a lot from the students we teach. There was a student this year that uh, he was a navigator in the Air Force, and he gave this illustration. He said, I want everybody to close their eyes and point to north. Mm-hmm. And so everybody was pointing in different directions, right? And he said, now open your eyes. And you got all these people pointing in different directions. And he said, can you all be right? Only if and they're of course, at the South the answer Pole. Is no. Unless What's they're that? at the South Pole. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. you used that illustration a couple of weeks ago in Albuquerque when I was right. there, and I thought, yes, if they're at the South Pole. So, nevertheless, <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> yeah, thanks for slowing me up, Greg. Appreciate it. I mean, anyway, he had this little mark in the back of the room, a little piece of tape, and he said, You see that mark back there? That's true north. And so he's pointing out that relativism doesn't work just in this simple illustration. You can't say, Well, this is north for me. No, it's, there's north over there. Mm. Okay. You either got the truth or you don't. There's, it's not your truth. It's the truth. It's just a good illustration. I've learned so much from the speakers we've had and, of course, the instructors we've had, too. Yeah. Well, we uh, it, I mean, it shows we talked about teachability as well. And even, you know, at uh, 73, 73, <laughs> still teachable. And uh, and that's a great model for the rest of us. Um, and he doesn't look a day over 72. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I worked at that one. Well, Frank, yeah. thank you for spending some time with us and kind of celebrating 30 years. We appreciate all the work that you do, and we love partnering with you guys. Yeah, and you know, well, it's, 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 it, it, from my side, too, on a personal note, uh, it's it's so helpful for me to be able to rub shoulders with people like you and so many more, the colleagues we have, many of them that show up at CIA now, some that were students at CIA and now are really meaningful contributors to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so great to rub shoulders just to learn, to get examples of how to do our job better, to get new information, to to just be around good examples Mm -hmm. of fabulous ambassadors for Christ. And you certainly have been that for me. Uh, over the long years that we've known each other. So thank you for the friendship, Frank. Thank you. Same, same, Greg. Feel the same way. And also, folks, this is listener-supported radio. Don't forget to give to org. All right? I do. You can, too. And they didn't even ask me to say Yeah, it. we did. We did. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll pay you later for that one. All right. All right. Th- All right. Thanks. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for stopping Good by. With you. See ya. And get some intelligent people like Amy on here next time. We, we will. Come on. We will. All right. All right. See ya. See, See ya, Frank. 
Next up, we have Brett Kunkel, president and founder <laughs> of Maven. Uh, Brett, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great because I get a chance to talk with you two. Oh, <laughs> oh that's Stop. so sweet. Stop. It's made, it's made my month right here. <laughs> well, this is the wow. second time in a month for you and I, and we don't get to do this very often, so I'm glad we can do it too. We were both at uh, CIA in Albuquerque about three weeks ago, mm. and that was a lot of fun and, and hanging out afterwards as we used to do so frequently and just can't do so much anymore. So it's good to see you, Brett. You mm. know, I'm trying to figure out um, the first time we actually met and what I what comes to mind is our meeting in Biola with Melinda, but I think there was a time before that that we met well, at, in Colorado. We, we uh yeah, we had met briefly because when I was a youth pastor in Colorado, you were doing a tactic seminar at a church in Colorado Springs. And so I've I got high schoolers from my mm-hmm. youth ministry probably 15 or so of them and took them down. I'm, I said, you got to, you know, you guys got to get this kind of training. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was before I ever joined Standaries and was taking advantage of the, the STR resources out there for even my own youth. By the way, how did you happen to know about STR at that time? Did, was that, I think that was even before the book came out in 2009. Yeah, I, I don't remember when I, the, the first time I got in touch with STR, I know it was during my youth ministry days. It was probably because I was doing preparation mm. for, you know, a message or something mm-hmm. and uh, came across the resource. And uh, I remember even taking, this is before that event in Colorado Springs. When I was a, a junior high pastor in Southern California, I took a couple of my junior hires to the debate that you did at Chapman University with Marv Meyer. Oh, no kidding. And no uh, so kidding. I brought a couple of my students there. It, the, the debate was on truth. Is truth true? Uh, That's right. Yeah. Is truth true? And you graciously demolished Marv Meyer <laughs> for my junior hires to see. Uh-huh. And they were, you know, they were just pumped on the, on the drive home. Uh-huh. But, um, so I had been taking yeah. advantage of uh, using uh, STR resources during my youth ministry mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then you showed up at Biola, you arranged a meeting with Melinda and I, and I remember you kind of made a pitch, you know, I'm your guy. Uh, you ought to hire me. And uh, we believed you. And so we did. And it took us, what, 15 years to get rid of you finally. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't You didn't believe me at first. You said, well, we might believe this guy. You said, hang out with us for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so I hung, I started volunteering at the office week in and week out. And uh, and I thought maybe this is a ploy just to get free labor. Yeah, yeah that's but, what it was. Uh, I called you on unpaid staff. Um, um, Amy went through that stage, right. and so did Alan for a number of years. No, oh, I did. Kyle did his way. too. He's pointing to himself. I I didn't great go through way to that. Vet people. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we we got a question. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary here, and uh, so we're reaching out to friends and colleagues of STR and, and others and and like uh, yourself and others <laughs> and. Uh, and so here's here's a question we have for you. What uh, what's the most important thing that you learned from Sander Reason or Greg Kokel? Yeah, well, I I've been thinking about that question, and I realize it, it's there's not one thing I, I could hone in on and say this is the most important thing. Mm. And, and actually, I think this was the the beauty of my time there is I I learned so much. I think I I I really learned to become much more well-rounded 
in not only as a professional, but just uh, as a follower of Jesus. I mean, I, I started thinking about all the different things that I learned. Mm. Uh, and I'll just tick off some of those things. One thing that we constantly talked about and Greg would talk about at STR was focusing on faithfulness over the results. Mm-hmm. And he would say that a ton. And it, it just, it, you know, that that was a um, a huge uh, a lesson that my job is to be faithful and I leave the results to the Lord. Let the, you know, let the spirit do his work. But I just, I keep being faithful. Even if I don't see some of that fruit, uh, that's my task. And, uh, and so just put your head down and be faithful. Uh, I think our, the whole idea of translating, um, you know, I kind of starting out in the local church, my passion is for equipping the local church. I think that's God's Mm -hmm. plan a, and so translating the smart guys and working hard at translating well is something I, I learned, uh, getting good at your craft. Yeah, you know, I think that's one thing that that professionalism I learned from Greg of don't just think about all the knowledge aspects. And, and of course, we we focused on that a ton. But mm-hmm. it was it was like, hey, you are you've got a craft here. You've got this this skill that needs to be developed. It doesn't just it's just not just a natural gifting, and that's it. Mm-hmm. it you know, it's uh, it's like any skill that needs to be honed. And we would work hard to together to develop that and give each other feedback. Um, I think a couple other lessons were just the weekly prayer in our mm-hmm. staff meetings that we would pray week in and week out. And we had a list and we'd go through it mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and just a faithfulness to prayer. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is just the integrity, I think. And I saw this, uh, I see this in Greg. He's a man of integrity. That, um, that's huge, uh, particularly in this day and age when we just see the faithlessness of many mm-hmm. Christian leaders and just knowing kind of getting a peek behind the curtain in the background of the different people's lives at STR, knowing that, um, these are, are folks of integrity and, and that was led, they were, they were led by uh, a great example in Greg. And so, so I just mm-hmm. started thinking about all of these things together. There's a cluster of things and I just couldn't pick out one. Mm-hmm. There were a whole bunch of things that have been, I think, real formative for me. Well, that's pretty sweet. I was expecting. I know. I'm I, kind of speechless. It's yeah, very sweet. I, I was expecting to list five things, and they were all going to be jokes, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope I saved a little bit of time here. I yeah. have. I do have <laughs> one do last have... thing to say. No, yeah. no, no. That, that yeah, that that's very sweet. Um, and I think Brett, a lot of us would echo those same those same ideas. And I think you articulated that really well. Okay. So, so those are some of the most important things you've learned. Um, in a, in a few, like in two minutes, you got a story that you want to share uh, a story about Greg or, or stand a reason. Oh yeah. I, so I'm a big prankster. I grew up in a prankster family mm-hmm. and, um, and Greg's not a big prankster. And, uh, but there was one time at the office where, okay, I had bought these they were these fake parking tickets and they're, they're very sarcastic. I mean, at first glance, you look at it and you're like, oh no, I got a parking ticket. But then when you read it, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, you parked in the, you know, the wrong space dummy or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, it'd be great to, you know, put one of these on Greg's car at the office. So I put it <laughs> on his car and I filled it out and, and, uh, and then he left after our staff meeting, he left before I did. 
And I, I was uh, sitting in the office and I heard Melinda's, I heard the phone ring and someone picked it up and said, Hey, Melinda, it's Greg. And so then I hear Melinda get on the phone and she's like, Oh, what, what happened? Oh, oh no. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> and Greg had gotten the, the ticket. Oh. He, he didn't think it was a real ticket. He thought somebody in the complex was upset with him for where he had parked. Oh. And so he was, he was all upset about it and had to call and vent on Melinda. And so then I peeked in and I said, Oh, Melinda, is he talking about the parking ticket? She said, yeah. I go, that was me. And then Melinda gave me this mean look. Oh no! <laughs> like she, you shouldn't do that, you know. And and uh, she'd been trying uh, to get rid of you well, ever she, since. She she pranked. That's right. She pranked me. We don't have time to tell, but she pranked me really good once on April first, and uh, and it caught me totally by surprise. But that's another issue. So uh, it's like the pot calling the kettle yeah, black. Yeah, there. yeah So yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. And I realized, you know, that I had to, I had to really start. Um, I just using kid gloves with Greg when it came to uh, <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? One the the thing that one of the things that stands out for me for you, Brett, in our long relationship. I mean, how many years were you actually a, a part of Stand to Reason formally? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Okay, it's a long time, yeah. and I'm so thrilled to see how you've moved beyond Stand to Reason and done what you've done. But you know, there was a time where, um, oh, I don't know, it was about eight years ago now, when we just had a really intense powwow about where Stand to Reason was going, and this is right when Reality, which was then called Rethink, uh, was starting. And um, I actually was very complacent. My idea was everything's going okay. Let's not rock the boat, you know. And you're a guy with a tremendous amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And lots of ideas and wants to move in new areas, especially passing the baton to the next generation. And 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 it was like, oh, come on. Let, let's just let things go. You know, I'm just feeling my age or whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm slowing down. And um, that time was such a formative time for the organization because of your ideas, your energy, your persistence, uh, starting, of course, Rethink that turned to uh, reality, which is still a magnificent um, uh, kind of feather in our cap at Stand to Reason. That was your brainchild, really, and, and your energy that went into really getting it off the ground, even without me being that thrilled about it at first. But then we had to rethink things. We had meetings here, and I think this is when we came up with our our vision, you know, uh, courage for every Christian, uh, clear thinking for every challenge, encouraging, no, wait, confidence for every Christian. I know it so well. Confidence for every Christian, clear thinking for every challenge, encouraging grace for every encounter. And uh, that your energy and your your forward thinking really was uh, a great help to stand to reason and took us in a place that mm-hmm. I would never have taken us. And and now I, I think that I still have some of that momentum in my blood as a result of that, even though you've been gone for a number of years doing uh, doing Maven. So I just want to let you know how much I appreciate that about you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I appreciate you saying that. That's a it's just a privilege to. Be partners with with uh, all my friends at SDR, all, all the all the folks that are doing what we're doing mm-hmm. to contribute to this work together to 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 cheerlead each other on, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's about uh, God's kingdom work moving forward. So uh, I, I was glad to make the contribution that I did there, which was significant too. Thanks, Brett.
We're continuing our 30th anniversary celebration for Stand to Reason, uh, speaking with friends and colleagues of Stand to Reason. And we have next our favorite pro-life apologist, Scott (laughs) Klusendorf. Scott, welcome. Good to be here, gentlemen. Hey, buddy. Uh, we we got a bunch of uh, fun questions kind of lined up for you, Scott. And uh, the first one here is, um, what's the... wait? Can I jump in? Oh, with sure. A question first. I I'm interested. Oh, yeah. About telling you telling the story about how we first got connected. Mm. And what I remember two things, and you can give detail to it. I remember breakfast with Melinda in Westchester, and I think that was our first time. And then I remember a conversation we had on the phone where you were frustrated and, and with your circumstances, and, and you asked for some counsel about that. So bring us up to date on that. Well, we had breakfast together, and the funny thing about that breakfast – Greg uses this story when he talks about uh, pro-life issues, the example of, Daddy, can I kill this? I can brag that I was there when Greg thought that up. We're in the (laughs) middle of a coffee shop, and Greg all of a sudden stops eating, and Melinda and I sat there in amazement while he pulls out a clean napkin. He actually had one, and he begins to write out this thing about, Daddy, can I kill this? Mm. I was there when that whole thing was conceived, no pun intended. Wow. that that breakfast was actually a follow-up to uh, us meeting for the first time at the Southern California Right to Life Conference in, I believe, 1996. And I had been listening to Stand to Reason on the radio even before it was Stand to Reason. It was called something else. I'm going to mess the name well, it up. Had a, uh, it had a bunch of different names, uh, but yeah. one of them was the, na- the show with no name. It, it ended up, I think, with the Areopagus yeah. or whatever. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Yet I would listen every Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you were on for six hours a weekend. I That's mean, right. talk about having to wow. deliver a lot of content. And I, I remember saying to my wife, Stephanie, who is this guy that he could just get on the radio and talk for six hours? How on earth does he do that? Little did I know one day I'd have to sit behind that mic and fill in mm-hmm. when you were away speaking and yeah. learn just how challenging that can be. But wow. the, the storyline was we met at Southern California Right to Life and we had both I had heard of you and somehow you knew a little bit about me. And you offhandedly said, hey, let's let's meet for breakfast. And I took you up on it. It's like I'm not letting that pass. <laughs> so. I called your office and we set something up with Melinda. And then right after we had breakfast together in Westchester, about a month and a half later, I decided it was time for a career change of my own, or I should say an organizational change. And I'd been working with a very effective pro-life organization that's still doing wonderful work today. Mm -hmm. But my job description there had evolved to a point where it was really no longer a fit. They needed a development director, and i, I that's just not my hard wiring. I'm a mm-hmm. speaker, a trainer, an instructor. And so I, I called your office, and I talked to Melinda, and I said, listen, I am thinking of starting my own organization here, and um, what, what tips might you give me about how you and Greg went about it? What do I need to know? Do I have to hire a lawyer, or can I work through NOLO online? And the next thing I knew, my fax machine was blowing up. The fax machines, <laughs> by the way, were these things yeah. we used in the 1990s. They were kind of like VHS tapes. VHS tapes were these yeah. rectangular things we used to watch movies on. Fax machines were things that spit out stinky paper, and you could actually get messages right away. This is pre-email. Wow. Right. All of a sudden, my fax machine is blowing up, and I have paper coming out on the floor, 
And next thing I know, I'm getting a job offer like, have you considered working for us? Wow. And honestly, honestly, I kind of had, and I won't lie, I sort of was thinking, well, you know, maybe if I just contact these people, they might want something like this. <laughs> and sure enough, here we are. Uh Years later, looking back at that time that actually got me started with STR, time that I will forever cherish is being absolutely essential to my development. Wow. So I can brag, Greg, that I was there when you invented that little <laughs> daddy, can I kill this story? Well, you know, we eventually worked on a, a training tool that we, we still have yep. and we still use, although both of you and I look years younger because we were years younger. But uh, what I appreciated is the the I had developed some of my own ideas, and you talked about one of them, about how to simplify the issue and how to uh, prosecute our own case in favor of the, the unborn. But then you brought a whole bunch of things uh, also to the table. In fact, for me, it was you that convinced me of the, the incredible value of using graphic images wow. to make our case. Before that, I had a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction against it. Uh, but when you, you know, you made your case, and uh, then we built that into our presentation that we worked on, uh, which is called Making Abortion Unthinkable, The Art of Pro-Life Persuasion. And uh, that has served uh, a lot of people's needs mm -hmm. over the years. And, uh, you know, we've been working with, lately with many people know Megan Allman. Well, she was also a disciple of yours as a disciple of mine, so to speak, or stand to reasons to, to instill good things in her and so many other people that you've worked with and trained yourself over at your organization life training institute mm -hmm. lti so it's been it's been a corporate enterprise of learning for both of us over the years uh, iron iron sharpening iron mm -hmm. well i i appreciate your kindness in putting us on somewhat equal terms but i think i benefited way more than you did mm -hmm. from the relationship mm -hmm. and i still benefit from it and to this day i I will get in situations where I'm tempted to get heated and I'll, I'll have a cocal moment. I'll go, wait a minute. What would Greg do in this situation? He would ask a good question. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of me saying, how were you born so dumb when I'm talking to somebody? I, I back up a little bit and think that let's try to think about being an ambassador here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you spoke about how, you know, uh, standards is unique and that it, it kind of, you know, challenges you ask questions instead of, you know, yelling at someone. Uh, what would you say is kind of the most important thing that you've learned um, from from this guy or standard reason? Um, I would say the relativism material mm. was absolutely foundational for me because I think every Christian out there, you look at every issue we're facing right now, abortion, the whole wokeness problem we're facing, mm -hmm. the transgender issue. I realize these are all related, mm -hmm. but they all come from relativism. And Greg wrote the book on this. I know Frank Beckwith added material to that book, but it was Greg on the radio mm -hmm. in the early 90s that I started listening to this guy who was actually engaging this destructive worldview. And it was the first time I'd heard a Christian really engage it in a way that I thought, you know, I could use this with people who aren't going to church, who are mm -hmm. non-Christians. And I think that has been very foundational for me. It's really helped my efforts to teach pro-life apologetics. And I find it's the number one obstacle that people have to being confident in their pro-life view. 
They just would be like deer in the headlights when someone would say, well, that's just your view. Or who are you to force your morality on me? That was a, a conversation stopper for many of them. Mm-hmm. And now to watch them as I've conveyed the, the content that Greg developed and taught for so many years so faithfully, mm-hmm. they get confident. They're not a, a, they're not afraid of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And they know how to narrate the conversation and, and say, wait a minute, that's not going to fly here. And that's been very helpful to me. Wow, that's that's good. Um, Scott, man, we so appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us for just a few minutes here and share some things that you've learned from this guy and stand to reason. Um, and God bless the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. And I'm forever grateful to you, Greg, for your mentorship, your influence in my life. I'm a better man because of it. Tim, we're going to have to wait and see if there's any impact. But you're in. You're in. Yeah. No, no that's kidding. That's, uh, Scott, I share the same feelings with you. It was a great partnership for many years, and I'm glad to see how you have blossomed as a professional in the work that you're doing and have gone on mm. to pay it forward, so to speak, in the lives of so many others, uh, not just those you know, hundreds of thousands that your organization have trained in pro-life apologetics, but those mm-hmm. individuals that you have personally discipled to go out and be lights in the darkness uh, on that particular issue that uh, that we're still struggling with even after Roe versus Wade is is a yeah. thing of the past. So mm-hmm. good for you, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I treasure our friendship, friend. Mm. Well, I learned from the best, and I'm grateful for it. Next up, we have our friend, Natasha Crane. Natasha, how you doing? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. How are you? I am great. Craig, are you doing well? We're celebrating here, talking to important people in our lives Mm -hmm. and uh, people who've had close connections with us at Stand a Reason. And Mm -hmm. so uh, we're glad to have finally a female point of view. We've been talking to all these guys. There's just been too much testosterone. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I'm interested in, and this is I can't actually remember this, um, answer one or of two or maybe both of the questions, the the first time that you and I met or your first encounter with Stand to Reason, and maybe those were together, I don't know your history there. I'm a little curious about mm-hmm. that. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the first time that we actually met in person was at Cross-Examine Instructor Academy okay. several years ago. Probably it would have been six or seven years ago. Was this when we you met. were actually a student there? Is that right? So, yeah, so I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the year that my first book, Keeping Your Kids on God's Side, had come out. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, had the opportunity to go as a student. And it might have been the year after that when I got to know you more because I came back as an instructor. At That's that right. Point. It happened And that was the first since. time that I yeah. – yes. And so I think that was the first time that I actually got a chance to talk with you for a right. bit cool. at that first cross-examined. What about standard reason, though? Had it been on your radar before that, before we yeah. kind of got to know Yeah, each other? absolutely. Yeah, it definitely wasn't an out of nowhere. This is Greg Kokel. Oh, who's he? No, <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. I definitely knew about Stand to Reason as I had come across many articles, especially because I wasn't like a, a big listener to things at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but I was a big reader. And so I really came across a lot of the content that you guys had online back when I was first getting into apologetics, learning what it was, looking for questions that I was getting asked on the blog that I had at the time. And so mm. I came across a lot of content online that Stan mm-hmm. Reason had. So it was uh, an honor to meet you and talk to you when I got to yeah. cross-examine at that time. One of the one of the questions we had for you is, um, and, and some of our other guests, is uh, what is what is the most important thing that you've learned um, from either Greg Kokel or Stan to Reason? 
I think the first thing that comes to mind that I've learned from Greg and watching him over the years and hearing him speak is just that you never need to lose your cool in any way in terms of getting frustrated or flustered or angry. No matter what the situation is, if you're engaged in a conversation with someone, even if you don't like the way it's going or if they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, Mm. you just never need to lose it. Because if you watch Greg, he's always so cool and calm and wise. And I think that that just projects. (laughs) Are you disagreeing with that? No, I'm I'm watching him. I'm watching him. I'm on my best behavior. on air and in person. And so I think that's really, um, it's it's really inspiring to see because you see a confident wisdom. Mm. And so much comes through from just your tone and your attitude when you're engaging with other people. And so I think that's been very instructing, I think, for, for me to see, for a lot of people to see just how how much different it is to engage with someone when you have that calm confidence in what you're talking about. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, the other the other question we have, and this one is a little bit more fun, I think, is can you tell... Yeah, that was a bummer one. No, no, th- one. this one. Well, <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking with uh, uh, the individuals and, uh, you know, they've learned a lot through standard reason, which is wonderful. But no one has answered this question. And that is, what's, oh what's, one, what's one thing about maybe Greg Kokel that uh, the rest of us wouldn't know? You know, we might not know about him. Do you do you well, have an insight into? I don't, I don't know if you're man? looking for some dirt. I don't have dirt, okay. <laughs> but I have something that's meaningful to me okay. in terms of how he has impacted me and my ministry. Okay, and it goes back a little bit to what he asked about earlier, which is you know how did we first meet? And it goes back to CIA, the Cross Examined Instructor Academy. And I would say that Greg, I don't think I've ever actually explicitly said this to you before, but I think you more than anyone else in my life have been the encouragement that I needed to continue speaking as part of my ministry because I am someone that never set out to be a speaker. I love writing because as an introvert, that comes very naturally. Mm. And I had already published my first book by the time that I came to CIA as an instructor and we met and everything. But the speaking invitations were starting to come in because once you have a book, that kind of happens. And I thought, I I don't know about this. This doesn't seem like me. It doesn't feel natural. But I still got out there and started doing it and it still didn't feel very natural. And so when I went to CIA as an instructor, the first time, I was thinking, well, this is cool. I get to help people who have you know, a passion for this, who want to do this. But oh my gosh, I'm going to have to give this talk in front of all these very experienced speakers like Greg Kokel and Sean McDowell and Jay Warner Wallace and Frank Turk. I was so intimidated. And after I gave the talk, I, Greg, I think that was one of the first times we had talked. You kind of pulled me aside and you gave me so like just such encouraging comments. Mm. And, you know, I don't even remember exactly what the words are, but you really seemed to think and mm. believe, or at least you convinced me that you thought that I was a great speaker. And I was just blown away by oh. that. And I remember calling my husband and I was wow. like, Greg Kokel thinks I'm a great speaker. That's crazy. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine it. And it didn't just stop there. I mm. think that in all these subsequent years that we've been in, at CIA, you at any Anytime you've heard me talk, you have very specifically gone out of your way to give me kind words afterward. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how much that has meant to me because Mm -hmm. I still to this day, even though I get up and speak a lot more frequently now, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's really me. It's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of um, emotional effort for me to get up and do it. And so it has meant a lot to me personally, that specific encouragement that you've given me over the years. I don't know that I would have continued to go on and put myself out there if I didn't have the encouragement of knowing that someone 
that I really admire in this area actually thinks I'm a good speaker. So well, thank you, you for that. You know, you're very welcome. I have never you've never shared that with me before. And uh, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about your presentations. I think you are such a I mean, not to just go over the ground you just explained, but I do think you're an excellent communicator. And whatever limitations you thought you had, you have been overcoming them. And I think you're a good example to other people in your content, your style, and your structure, and your delivery, and all of those things. So uh, it was very genuine, and um, and that puts you in a position to help others who may be frustrated in the same way that you were or yeah. lack confidence, uh, but are willing to just step out. And you might recall from the times. I teach at CIA about public speaking. Sometimes you just have to act confident, even if you right. don't feel confident, you know, kind of fake it till you make it, because that puts other people at at ease, your listeners, and then that puts you at ease, too. And then you can get focus more on your own material and get absorbed yeah. in your material, which you do so well because you know your stuff so well. And I've often said, um, as others have said, if you want your audience to bleed, so to speak, as a speaker, you have to hemorrhage. In other mm -hmm. words, if you want them to care about your view and what you're involved in, you have to really care too. And this is so evident in everything that you do. You care about this material and you care about the people you're speaking to getting it. So uh, it was easy to compliment you, but I'm glad it had a great impact on you. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. And I still feel like I'm faking it till I make it. You know, yeah. like that's just, I don't know if you ever kind of get past that, right? It's like there's this, you know, almost like, I forget what they call it, like an imposter syndrome or something yeah. where you you know, but you know what you know. And then there's that little bit you don't know yet. And so you're like, okay, Tim, get up there and just, you know, mm -hmm. do it. Um, that's good. And I think this also- And I think it's easy sometimes to, to think that unless it just comes so easy and natural that maybe you shouldn't be doing it, but yeah. that's not necessarily the case. I've had to really think a lot about that fact yeah. before. So it, yeah. it is true to this day that every time I get out there and speak, I feel like throwing up right beforehand. <laughs> By the time I get into it, I'm totally fine. But, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I feel like, you know, I still continue to get a lot of these invitations. So I'm going to do what God's putting in front of me to awesome. the degree that I can, even if it makes me want throw up sometimes. Well, I hope you keep yeah. doing it for a long time. Not the throwing up part, but the <laughs> what you do mm. so well mm. and uh, and what you contribute to the body of Christ. Thanks so much for that. Our final guest is one of your young guns, but he's That's right. the oldest. He's of the oldest the of young the young guns. guns. This is Alan <laughs> Schleeman we're talking about. Alan, how long have you been with Stand to Reason? Well, I think my first event with STR was October of 2004, so it's been about uh, almost 19 years wow. now. So we've known each other a while, but I, I, I'm curious how you, how did this all start, though, for you with STR? Yeah, well, uh, it has a little bit to do with my testimony. And just a quick summary, even though I grew up as a Christian, I ditched my faith in high school because I, I had really no reason to think Christianity was true. And mm -hmm. so when I was challenged with just really softball sorts of challenges— I immediately ditched my faith. I was like, yeah, why, you know, kind of pursue Christianity if I don't even believe Jesus is even existing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I left high school in that kind of state. I, I was living in England at the time when I was in high school, but then moved back to the States to attend California State University in Long Beach. Mm. And I was doing my prerequisites in physical therapy and met a professor of anatomy who turned out to be a Christian and we were doing some research together. So he would talk to me and say, hey, uh, 
I seems like you used to be a Christian. I said, yes, I used to be. He goes, why aren't you anymore? I said, because there's no reason to be. Hmm. <laughs> he goes, well, what if I can offer you a reason? And I said, sure, go ahead. I mean, give it, give it your best shot. There isn't any, but go ahead. So he introduced me to uh, J.P. Moreland. He took me to one of his events and gave me a book, Scaling the Secular City. Mm-hmm. And that's what first what was my first introduction to apologetics. Mm. So I studied that and followed J.P. for a while. And then eventually, six months later, I sort of recommitted my life to Christ. And at that point, I thought to myself, Wait, how come I never heard any of this stuff before about apologetics? And then it wasn't uh, long after that that you, Greg, came and spoke at my church in Los Angeles for mm-hmm. the college ministry that uh, my wife-to-be and I were uh, volunteering at. And you spoke, and my wife and I were like, this is precisely what we've been looking for, like this kind of teaching, this kind of thinking, this mm-hmm. kind of person. And so we were going to get married, and we said, hey, well, let's – after we get married, we need to like support this organization. We need to help them. We need to encourage them, like whatever we can to make STR continue, you mm. know? So we go get married. We come back. And then um, I remember we're like, okay, we're back from our honeymoon. Let's give uh, Standard Reason a call. So we made a phone call to the office, got the voicemail. We're like, hey, uh, my name's Alan. Uh, Greg came and spoke at our church a while back, and we loved it. We'd love to. You know, support you guys financially or whatever, and the magic you know, words yeah, there. That's right. That's right. That <laughs> alerted call, all the. Yeah, triggered all the alarms. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. immediately like mail was sent to your house. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that same day, that evening, you, Greg, called me, hmm. and I picked up the phone, and I'm like, "Hello," and you're like, "Hey, this is Greg Kokel. I, I, is this Alan?" I said, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Jen, it's Greg." You know, I was like freaking <laughs> out that you just called me right back. Hmm. And then in a nutshell, you said, hey, yeah, we'd love to take your money. And uh, <laughs> yes, the sensitive uh, development approach. Yeah. yeah. Well, well you so know, many you got to get the. That's right. No, in so many words. I know it wasn't that abrupt. But uh, you made a joke about that and said, hey, why don't you also come to our next staff meeting? And I'm like, oh, OK. And so uh, staff, of course, was a lot of volunteers at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in 1999, we started uh, volunteering for STR. We'd, we'd get off work and we'd drive straight to the office up there in um, uh, it was uh, just near Palos Verdes it was right. in Lomita yes that's right mm. and uh, yeah we would just do everything make phone calls ship packages you know anything we could do go to mm. events help man the book table and that's kind of when it all started mm-hmm. and you weren't a communicator at that time in any of no. these things This what you were a physical therapist yeah I was working as a physical therapist so mm. was my wife and we just you know we, we loved we loved apologetics and we and try to encourage it at our church and try to start things, get people reading books and so on and so forth. Um, but I was not a communicator, no. And at some point, um, uh, we hired you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. In, in 2003, you, Greg, had a conflict in your schedule, and you asked if I could substitute teach for you at some church. And I said, sure, you know, and I was really nervous at the time, but I went ahead and did it. And that happened, I think, two times, and that's what I think triggered your guys' thinking mm. to, hey, maybe this guy could be a speaker for us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you guys eventually approached me, and then the rest is history. I eventually joined in 2004. Yeah. So, Alan, you, you've been with STR for you know two decades, and you speak on the easy stuff like homosexuality and transgenderism and Islam and abortion and all those things. Evolution. Evolution. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we give him. I try to find topic. topics that, well, I look for topics where everyone can agree with me on. So <laughs> okay. That's those, good. Are, those are them. Yeah. That's good. So as you kind of look 
um, in the rearview mirror the last 20 years, what would you say is uh, what makes Standard Reason unique in your mind? Oh, probably the thing that I think stands out the most relative to other ministries like ours mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that we create uh, transferable tactics. Now, I know, Greg, of course, you wrote the book Tactics, and, I, and that is that is part of what I'm talking about. But uh, uh, I'm talking more broadly, we train and teach things that people can turn around and use immediately. Mm-hmm. And of course, tactics in general, like your book Tactics and all the stuff you cl- include in that is certainly included in that. But I, even since then, I think you've inspired me and many of the other speakers to develop training in such a way that it's that it's transferable, that it's usable, that people can literally turn around and as, as soon as they've applauded at the end of the presentation, they can turn around and use that. Hey, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. How did you come to that conclusion? You know, hey, I'm going to let Jesus take the heat mm-hmm. and all these other things that we do to create practical tools that anyone can use. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is what separates us from a lot of what is out there. And I'm not trying to diminish the fine work that other ministries are doing. I'm just simply saying, I think this is something that's unique Mm -hmm. to what we at STR does and to our DNA. Mm -hmm. And I think that it may not always be as flashy or as exciting, but I know people walk away with something that they can use Mm -hmm. in conversations with their friends and family the very day that they've learned that content. You know, I I talk of it as a, uh, a bridge from the content to the conversation. And, uh, uh, of course, the content's really important. And so many of our colleagues are producing the kind of content that we learn from and can benefit from and then put into motif, as you said, that uh, is usable, practical, uh, immediately employable by other people. Mm-hmm. Alan, it is uh, just a joy to see your face up on this screen, you know, and share a few minutes with you. Um, I know that uh, I've learned a ton from you, and I know that you've learned a ton from this guy, and and that that oh, yeah. shows through. I mean, those those character attributes um, of the ambassador model. I mean, watching you speak and comport yourself at events, I see the the reflection of Greg and obviously Jesus, you know, um, but uh, it, it really is awesome to, to work alongside you. Great yeah. talking with yeah. you today. Yeah, great talking to you guys too. Well, all those who are listening, we hope that you uh, learned something as we kind of went through a little memory lane here. That's right. And uh, go out and don't forget to give them heaven. Yeah.